0: Welcome to the Let'sy Grandma the Let's Eat Career Grandma Warrior, 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 Podcast. Warrior, Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let'sy Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about top trends for job seekers in 2022. We'll also cover resume and LinkedIn advice because it's a brand new year, which means it's time to refresh your brand, regardless if you're applying for jobs. Today, I brought on Deborah Wheatman. Deborah is the founder and president of Careers Done Right. Yes, that's right with a W, a personal branding company that provides services to job seekers who are proactive about managing their career planning efforts. With her background in corporate human resources with well-respected companies, such as Conde Nast, Martha Stewart Living, and Vault, Deborah guides clients to establish and reach goals aligned with their professional needs. Deborah works in career management, leadership strategy, interpersonal engagement, and so much more. But a special note here is that Deborah is passionate about working with her clients as they pursue gratifying career choices. So, as you can see, I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to cover all the things you need to know for 2022 and this is just going to be great to get you refreshed and rebranded for 2022. I'm so excited. Let's launch right into the 253rd episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Deborah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. And I'm so excited to get into these trends and to also have a special, um, to have a CPRW on this podcast, I think is also special. So I loved hearing about your why. So tell us about how and why you got into career coaching.
1: I mean, when I was a, a student, you know, a long time ago, I have always been a communications Person. I was a communications major, and when I graduated and I transitioned into the working world and moved into more of like a human resource capacity, a lot of my work was centered around helping people, advising them, guiding them, and serving as the bridge between the people internally and the company, which sometimes, you know, can be a little bit of a difficult uh, balancing act, but nevertheless, I was always guiding people on You know, their job, what they should be doing, how to look at things and progress in their career, because I've learned, and I'm sure many people know this, that these things are connected. Your professional life, your personal life, they spill over into each other. So if one makes you happy, that spills over into the other area. And the same holds true in the reverse. If you're unhappy in one, of course, that impacts the other area. So at some point, and I like to call it my happy accident, a friend said to me, you know, I have a friend who needs some help. She's doing, you know, career planning, resume writing. And I sort of like said, yeah, you know, I was very young at the time. I said, I'll help her out. It was kind of like my side hustle. And from that, I turned that into my full-time job.
0: I love that. Isn't it amazing how a side hustle can turn into something full-time, especially if you're passionate and, and believe in it? I think it's cool, the story about the person you helped out, because for me, it was that one person who I helped with their resume that got me excited to keep helping more and more people. So I know a lot of, you know, a lot of job seekers in the call are maybe struggling with something right now. Maybe they feel like there are all these opportunities out there and they feel like they can't get the right one for themselves. And I just get lit up even doing this podcast with you about the chance to help even that one person with their job search. So... I say, let's do that. And I think we're in the right place here.
1: Absolutely. It really is a lot of fun. And I love getting the phone calls and the emails and the texts of people who have gotten, you know, the next position or they were promoted internally. And it's just really, it's a wonderful thing. It's a great feeling to be able to at least virtually celebrate those milestones and those wins with people.
0: It is. So, Deborah, let's launch into 2022. That's just a fun thing to say. 2022 job search trends to closely monitor. What are some of these trends that I should be looking out for? And I know last time or in our last conversation, we covered industry trends. I would love to get into that. What are some of the hot industries that are looking up right now?
1: Sure. So, of course, and we talked a little bit about this initially, you know, healthcare is a huge area and the application of technology to healthcare. So med tech, health tech, the digital application, and we know technology is ubiquitous, right? We already know that it's pervasive, it's everywhere, and it's impacting more and more of our lives, both personally and professionally. However, in the healthcare space, the digital revolution, if you will, has allowed people, providers, payers, sort of the entire paradigm of the healthcare ecosystem, tap into that technology. And it is shifting the way people not only engage with their physicians... But it's also shifting the way that they care for themselves and on the other side, allowing physicians and clinical providers to provide care to people. And one of the most interesting things about it from just a digital perspective is that people are now able to do things remotely, right? And it's the technology and there's going to be a huge push. I mean, there has been a push, but you're going to continue to see a lot of opportunities leveraging technology, leveraging, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence in the healthcare arena and people who work in that in that space. They're in demand.
0: That makes so much sense. And, you know, technology has always been something that's every single year become more and more prominent in terms of, you know, jobs that people are seeking right now. And I think especially you're right, especially for 2022 and as the pandemic continues and we continue to fight it, I think this is going to be something that's incredibly important right now is not only the technology, but healthcare. And another thing you mentioned last time was analysis, data security and all that. What do you see that becoming this year?
1: Well, certainly data analysis, data security, cybersecurity, we've all heard the stories of huge companies and sometimes even smaller companies, right, that are impacted by people holding them hostage from domestic and even foreign locations. How do you combat something when somebody or an unknown, faceless, nameless person or people could be anywhere globally, right, Right. impacts your systems, and they hold your data hostage. <laughs> like, right. what do you do? They're paying because they have no other choice. They need to get back what was taken and so they're paying. So, cybersecurity and the practical application of preserving your data, storing it, making it safe is a very, very big trend. How do we as how do businesses, how do people even protect themselves from unwanted you know, actors and bad actors that are impacting our business lives, our everyday lives. That's going to also be a very big, it's been a trend. It's going to continue to be a trend. And people that are entering that space, cybersecurity space, are going to continue to have a lot of opportunities because protecting data is a huge thing for businesses, for governments, again, also for people.
0: It's huge. It's huge. I remember a story. This is two years ago, but I had somebody purchase a fake resume service and ended up trying to inject bad code into my website to try to destroy everything. And fortunately, we had some really good security on our side. But I personally see the need. And I know so many other companies are looking for this type of thing. It's huge. It's going to continue to get bigger and bigger. You're exactly correct.
1: Yeah. And you know what's interesting, just this past week, just from a personal anecdote at my house here, we got a piece of mail from an online bank. And in that mail was a debit card that nobody here signed up for. So my husband, because it came to my husband, had to, you know, was online with this bank. The bank, even though they said that, you know, someone will speak with you, It was purely an email exchange. He actually happens to work in technology security. So he made a very big deal about this. And, you know, the account was closed and whoever did this was able to, the card was sent here, which is great because then nothing bad happened. But it's an example of how businesses and even people can be impacted by these types of situations. And if you're not careful and you're not looking, you know, just about anything can happen.
0: For sure. And so we're talking healthcare, technology, cybersecurity, and in terms of practical applications for a job seeker, what should I do with these job search trends? I know a lot of us right now are making a pivot within our careers. Some of us are choosing to go pick up master's programs and decide where to go, but how should I look at this practically in terms of my job search?
1: As far as job search, the one thing that I tell everybody, no matter who I'm working with, is do your research. Research is the thing that is going to serve as the cornerstone, as the foundation of any work you pursue. Because if you do your research, you will have a better understanding, a greater understanding of how to apply your talents, not only the talents that are sort of overt in your resume and in your background, but also the things that are latent. Things that maybe you have to transfer those skills to make them practical for a new role. We all have transferable skills. And there are things about each and every one of us that make us unique and special and wonderful that will allow us to really move ahead with purpose, as I like to say, in a new role and dig in and make meaningful and long-lasting changes and impact for a new environment. If you do your research, you will be able to take the amalgamation of your skills both tangible and intangible, and apply them to your job search and get something really fabulous.
0: I love that. I love that so much. And these are where the trends are headed right now. I mean, we're not telling people like you need to tomorrow be a chief cybersecurity analyst or anything like that. But, you know, perhaps look out for these things and see, you know, maybe I can find a role that I'm suited for in which I have those transferable skills like you're speaking about That is, you know, adjacent to cybersecurity or something like that. So I think it's fabulous. I think people need to think in terms of where things are headed and where they fit within that.
1: And, you know, it's interesting because nobody comes out of school saying, I want to be a quality assurance analyst people don't know <laughs> right. that that's a job. They have no, I mean, nobody thinks about it like, yes, I'm going to go be a quality assurance analyst yeah. or something similar. I'm using that as an example. I didn't know resume writing was the research. job.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. That's why research helps you because it opens your eyes. It opens doors. It provides you with the yellow brick road of information.
0: Wonderful. So I want to head into... Uh... Job search strategy as well as resumes in a second here, but I want to just beat the dead horse here. But what are some other things that people are looking for in 2022?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, as we all know, people are looking for either remote, completely remote, or hybrid work. They're looking for an opportunity to have a better work-life balance, which hybrid and remote work affords people. If you don't have a commute and your commute is from your bedroom to your office, or your bedroom to your kitchen, or wherever you do your work, that's what people want. They no longer are okay with being told, hey, you must do this two-hour commute into Manhattan every day because you have to be in the office. We have learned, if nothing we've learned from the pandemic, that life is fleeting. And you need to look at the things that are going to inspire you and make you happy. Not that you don't want to work. Of course, people They have to work, and many, many people want to work, but they want to do it more even handed. They want to do it more on their own terms. So, and I've had clients myself, and I'm sure you have, that have said, I am so much more productive working from home.
0: Exactly. And I've
1: seen job descriptions. That say hybrid or fully remote or whatever. So that's a big trend. People don't want to be told you're going to be in the office five days a week.
0: And I love that so much. And we just did a presentation yesterday about the great resignation. I know it's a big buzzword or butt phrase that's going around right now. But I think that there's so much truth to it in that the pandemic really made us realize that we are capable of doing all of these things Just the same, you know, working from home and a lot of us were under a lot of stress during that whole year during that year and and continuing on even to now, but I think that that stress is inspiring a lot of us to aspire towards something greater, whether that be better lifestyle for ourselves or just to have a better career that's better fit. So I think all of this is a good thing. I like spinning things into a positive, but I truly do believe that this is going to create a better environment for job seekers. And I think now is the time, January 2022. And if you're listening to this podcast beyond that, now is really the time really to get all of this for you, get these things aligned.
1: Yeah, and you know, what's really great about it as well is that people are empowered to take control of their lives their professional lives, their personal lives. And for companies, it's actually very good for companies in a lot of ways, because think about it, if you live and work in, you know, Denver, let's say, and there's an opportunity that you see that maybe is in Baton Rouge, you could actually pursue that work. And if it's remote, do an amazing job if you're the right candidate opens up the playing field to companies as well to identify candidates not just necessarily in their backyard, but from all over the place.
0: I love that, Deborah. wonderful. I want to cover networking before going into resumes and LinkedIn profiles. Last time we talked about the four ways that job seekers are able to get their job. So can you go into that? And how should I be applying for jobs in 2022?
1: So there are only four ways, unless someone can tell me, you know, a fifth way, which I haven't figured out myself. And it is through networking. It is through the internet. It is direct to company. So writing or emailing the company directly. And it's through Recruiters, those are the four ways. The networking piece is the most important way. It's not, you know, a pizza pie and each slice is 25%. Networking is a huge part of it because nobody is going to refer someone that they don't endorse because it looks bad for them. People are going to refer people that they feel really confident that that person can do an amazing job. Yes. And so because of that, that elevates the person who's being referred in a different way than you than it would if they were just applying online. We've also learned that applying online is a little bit of a black hole. You don't really have any visibility into what's going on there. In a lot of ways and in a lot of cases, You don't even know if the position's available. You don't even know if the company has someone that they have identified as the front runner for the role and they're just posting it because they have to. Right. And sometimes those positions are even have been filled months ago and they're still showing up online. So you have no idea what's going on. It's a
0: waste of time.
1: Because of that, it's a waste of time and people spend all sorts of time. And I've had situations where my clients have been literally the perfect fit they tick off every single box, and then they don't get a call. So it's very frustrating. It can be really aggravating. That's why building, managing, maintaining, and nurturing a network is so critical. If you do that, guaranteed, you will reap the results and the rewards of that because you will have people that will say, hey, Chris, I have an opportunity that I saw. It's in my company or it's with a friend, whatever. Yeah. I want to refer you. And your resume and you as a person will get much more exposure and consideration for that role.
0: I love that. That is so important. The network is the most understated part about the job search. And I've heard it time and time again from career coaches. And even just the best opportunities out there, I believe, are through networking and through finding people that way. And then The one thing that I thought that was interesting that we talked about was our network and connections. What's the difference between the two?
1: There's a huge difference. So your network are people that you can call if you need help at three o'clock in the morning. Clearly, a much smaller section of people than your connections would be. Your connections, they may or may not know you. They may have been someone that just connected to you on LinkedIn or you have come across in passing. Those are your Mm. connections. Your network again, are people that you can really rely on. If you need something, if you are in a difficult situation, it's your network that will support you and really be there for you. Your connections can become your network, but that's where the work lies. You actually have to do the work to make your connections your network. And it's interesting, especially in job search, and I'm sure a lot of people would echo this sentiment, you really learn not only who your network are, but who your friends are. This Mm. teaches you a lot. And sometimes, and I've had this happen, it'll be a connection that will help you when you're really expecting someone in your network and it's someone completely random that does something that really renews your faith in humanity. (laughs) It's it's a connection, someone that really has no sort of deep level interest or maybe an interest in all that will come to help you and you're expecting someone in your network and you get someone totally different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just so powerful and something that I think we need to hammer home with job seekers over and over again because it's great. And I'd love if you could cover a, a success story or two from someone who you might know who used their network and who was able to get the job much faster. I don't know if you have anything, but I love these of stories. Of course I do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. I actually have a very recent story. So I have a client who I'm working with. I mean, she's working now, which is great. And what happened was she started looking and she was applying online, which we've already discussed is not a, you know, It's not a great way to look for the reasons we mentioned. And she said to me, so, you know, because I was doing some coaching for her, you know, what should I be doing? And I said, well, I want you to go after your network and speak to the people that you know, tap into the people that are connected to you that you have a relationship with. And her response to me was, well, those people aren't looking for work and they're running these companies, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh my goodness, those are the very people you should be going to. It doesn't matter that they're not looking for work. Who cares if they're looking or not? They know other people. It's sort of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. For every person (laughs) in Hollywood, there's a connection back to Kevin. That's networking 101. And I said, go to your network, go call those people, speak to them, you know them. It's not a cold outreach. You've been in touch with them well. Not kidding, literally 48 hours later, she had multiple interviews lined up. Ah, Multiple interviews. Yes, it was incredible. And not only that, but she received multiple offers from that. And it was in record time, record time.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that. And it is so powerful. And the reason I ask these stories is because I think it's a great way to get inspiration for job seekers, but also just to show in practical terms, this is how networking works and this is how it can benefit you as well. So thank you for sharing that. And I hope if anything, this inspires one person to reach out like today to somebody within their network to get the ball rolling.
1: I would also like to add that don't lose touch with your network. It's awkward to reach out to someone if you haven't spoken to them for three years. They're not going to be as inclined to help you. Your network, you need to keep them close and you need to nurture it. That's a very important aspect. Does it take work? Yes. But nothing that's worth anything doesn't take work.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Deborah. I want to move on to the resume. And as a fellow CPRW, I love chatting about resumes. I can do it all day. And I think so many job seekers are also concerned about the resume. But one thing that I would love to talk about are do's and don'ts of the resume. Let's start with the
1: don'ts. Sure. So I've seen some resumes. I'm sure you've seen some as well that use the first person. I did this. I did that. He contributed this. The use of personal pronouns is not done on a resume. You don't use personal pronouns It's written in the third person as if you're sort of like stepping outside yourself. Resume speak. Uh, Which sometimes people have, yes, resume speak. And sometimes people have difficulty doing that. It's a marketing document and it forces you a little bit to use some, you know, dare I say gratuitous language because you have to talk about yourself in a way that maybe makes you feel uncomfortable. And But that's part of marketing you. And I can assure people that if you don't do it, there's no problem. Someone will be happy to step in and do it instead of you and get the job that you want. So that's, you know, the first don't. The second don't is we live in a culture that unfortunately discriminates. If you have a very long career history, like many of my clients do, they've been working 25, 30, 35 years, there's no reason to go back to a time when you took a horse to work. There's just no reason. Keep your resume progressive, keep it updated, keep it timely. You want to capitalize on the most important things that you've done. It's not necessary to provide a full unfettered history back to 1970. It will (laughs) work against you.
0: Right. Absolutely. I think the problem with going so far back in your history is that it de-emphasizes the things that are important, the things that are relevant now, because you end up just filling your resume with a bunch of things. And there's a really great quote. I don't want to mess it up right now. I think it's a Seneca that says to be everywhere is to be nowhere. And I think it works the same way with your resume. If you have just everything on your resume, then you really have nothing. And I just think that's great advice to make sure to just cut back on the stuff that you've done in the past and focus on what's relevant now and what experience and what skill set qualifies you to have the job right now. Isn't that right?
1: Yes. And also, you know, you're basically, people have very short attention spans and your resume seven, seven and a half seconds is what you've got to get their attention. So it behooves you to make an immediate and significant impact that will allow them to keep reading. I'm sure you've seen resumes that go on for days. It's like a mini tome. You don't want that. You want to have something that's concise and hits the key points. And I've also had people say, well, you know, I need to keep my resume at a page. If you have 20, 25 years experience, you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to keep your resume to a page. (laughs) It's fine to have two pages. You know, the resume should just be two pages of really good content And the general rule of thumb is one page for every 10 years of service or thereabouts. There's nothing wrong with a two-page resume. You can absolutely have a two-page resume as long as you're selling yourself in a very proactive and meaningful way.
0: Agreed. And I think that's a controversial question. I have some CPRWs who I've brought on this show who have said that you can't go beyond a one-page resume. Even people who are professional who have done this, and I know it's a debate, But I do agree with you that I think it's as long as it needs to be. Don't go beyond two pages. I think you're probably you could be able to cut it down no matter how much experience you have. But I think it should be this concise marketing document that conveys your skill set. And I put emphasis on the first page. I think it's important to really make sure that that first page is your best page by far. And you have all your most impressive stuff there. But two pages is fine, I think. I get the question that you know, how do I make myself stand out? I'm applying within a sea of applicants. There are a hundred other resumes I have to compete against, and I just want to stand out. What is your top tip for differentiating?
1: For differentiating, I would say, and this is something I think you'll agree with, Chris, the achievements, get them at the top. The top third of your resume, that is your prime real estate. You're buying a kitchen. And because of that, you need to make sure that the best of what you've got to offer appears on the first page, as you pointed out. And specifically, you want to have examples in the top third. If you grab someone's attention up top, you'll hold their attention. That's an important point. The other thing that really you need to make sure that you do, make sure the resume is easy to read. If content is king, aesthetic value is queen. Oh yeah. I've seen resumes that use, you know, the sweatpant of fonts, Times New Roman, the worst and ugliest font (laughs) quite possibly that we have in the font library. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why are you using that? (laughs) There are fonts that are native to both PCs and Macs. Please find one and use a different font that is much more pleasing.
0: Yeah, please don't use wingdings. Or anything crazy like that i think people just they need to get practical they need to pick something that's easy to read and these crazy fonts and i i'm sorry i love canva i think canva's great for designing marketing posters but i have never been a fan of the canva resume or the other websites that just produce these really pretty resumes that aren't going to be ats friendly so i think these two column pretty resumes are doing a disservice that's my opinion
1: they do look beautiful the only thing that I will say that I really, you know, like them for, if you will, is let's say you're going to an interview or someone is handing your resume physically to someone, then I'm fine with having a stylized resume because it's not going through the ATS system. Yeah. If it's not going through the system, then I'm all about it. But if you're going through the ATS system and you're trying to match keywords, you're better off with a word resume is it going to look you know this you know insane beautiful like you know broadway lights resume no but what it will do is it will allow you to upload your resume with ease without giving yourself a migraine into the applicant tracking system wondering what got lost
0: I love that. So, Deborah, I'd love to round out this episode with LinkedIn profiles, especially since it's another critical part of networking like we talked about earlier. So what are you noticing that so many people are overlooking within their LinkedIn profiles? What's the one thing that if you could just fix it now, I think everyone would be better off with their LinkedIn?
1: Please stop making spelling mistakes. Please stop spelling words wrong like two and two.
0: Please (laughs) get grammarly.
1: And and please formulate a coherent thought on there. It's not, and also one final thing, which I think I probably should have started with, stop copying and pasting the content from your resume into your LinkedIn profile. You shouldn't be taking all of the content from your resume and putting it on LinkedIn and saying, yes, I'm good to go now. LinkedIn is an appetizer. Don't be lazy, you're so right. You want to engage people and have them engage back with you not give them a full course dinner.
0: Yeah, I think LinkedIn is a great interplay with a resume. I think both can work with each other. For instance, I'm a big fan of including that hyperlink on the resume, the LinkedIn hyperlink on the resume and telling people, hey, check out my LinkedIn and then vice versa. Here's my resume if I'm on LinkedIn, because it just creates more engagement with the job seeker. And I think when you have more engagement, if it's one thing I've learned in marketing, it's if you have more engagement, then you're more likely to sell the person. So I agree. Don't just copy and paste the resume on over to the LinkedIn profile. I think that's lazy. I think that there's so much more you can do with the LinkedIn profile. I think you can get more personal with that about section. You can, of course, include photos. So don't skimp on your photo. I think a lot of people probably this is, again, hot take, but I think 75 percent of photos on there need improvement. So really put emphasis on that photo and make sure it's sharp and professional. Um, I think it can take job seekers a long way.
1: And smile. People like to engage with people. You know, people are, for the most part, a lot of people are visual. And if you're smiling and you look welcoming in your LinkedIn photo, people are more inclined to want to engage with you versus, you know, having sort of, sometimes people just have a face that just looks like they're unhappy. That's not a great way to represent yourself. And if you smile, you'll definitely you'll feel better and other people will feel more inclined to reach out to you. Perhaps
0: that makes sense. I'm a smiling as you're saying that right now. It's a really good reminder to smile and don't be that you just want to you know come across as serious and stern. I don't think that's very inviting. So I would agree. Smile and make sure your photo is professional as possible. So, Deborah, you've been a fantastic guest. I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Career Warrior podcast If you could tattoo one encouraging message for every career warrior applying for a job, what would that message be? And I haven't asked that question in a long time, but I love it.
1: You know what? That's a great question. And it would be, it is not a question of if, it is only a question of when. You're going to get your next position. It will inspire you. It will allow you to move ahead in your career and in your life in a way that makes you feel good.
0: I love that. That is such good words of wisdom. How can people find out more about you and what are you up to this year?
1: So if people want to find out more about me, of course I am on LinkedIn. My company is Careers Done Right and that's W-R-I-T-E, like writing. I love speaking with people. I love engaging with people. I love answering questions and I am happy to do that if anybody wants to reach out to me. If they have questions, it would be my pleasure.
0: That's awesome. And for your listeners, you know what I do. I will make sure to include Deborah's link within the description of this episode. So make sure when you were done jogging, driving or whatever, just scroll down and check out that hyperlink and we'll make sure to include it as well. Gosh, Deborah, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was engaging and fun. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was great.
0: Perfect. Now, listeners, this wraps up episode 253. Of the Career Warrior podcast. Loved talking about job search trends. I know it's something that we haven't done often on this episode. Talked about healthcare, cybersecurity, technology, things that are emerging within this year, as well as the current job seeker landscape when it comes to more flexibility, work from home, and things like that. I also loved talking about resumes. You know, it's one of the favorite things that I talk about here on the podcast. So we got into some things that you should remember when it comes to your resume any of this stuff resonates with you, please make sure to leave us a review. I would love to hear from you and make sure to connect with both Deborah and myself on LinkedIn. Post this episode if you found it to be useful and tag both of us because we'd love to hear what your key insights were. Listeners, this wraps up episode 253 of the Career Warrior podcast. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next Monday. Career Warrior, Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.